Okay, uh, welcome back everyone to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake, and a very spooky one at that. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dan Ryan, the uh, most powerful choom in all of Bandit Town, joined as always by my co-host... I'm Jonathan Gwykowski, as sensual as a pencil. A mental mindfuck could be nice, though. Oh, okay. Huh? okay. Some rocky okay. horror! It's, it's spooky! <laughs> so, uh, we are continuing yet again uh, with another batch of Sinister Sixes. Mm. Uh, but before we get into that, do we have any anime life or video game news to uh, discuss? Not a lot. Um, I did see a few movies, and of course we saw some before we uh, adjoined yes. last week, but I don't think we can talk about them just yet. The strike is still going. I don't know what the rules are. People are talking about things left and right on YouTube, and they don't seem to get care or flag, but, you know, I know in the karmic destiny of the universe, people would come for us first. Yeah. <laughs> so I dare not risk the well, biscuit. Yeah, we're not, we're not taking any chances, yeah. but there's also, like, I would imagine that there's some kind of system of leaking stuff to the press, mm. because... Even though they themselves can't generate buzz, the studios seem like they can still, I would imagine, use some back channels to, like, Twitter people to, like, ooh, the casting for this movie is almost done and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. but that's neither here. We're not receiving any leaks from studios. No. They don't no. trust us. So. Yeah. No yeah. money in my pocket, because, no. you know, I'd be singing like a canary if someone paid me, <laughs> but not the case. Of course, of <laughs> so course. So I'll stand strong in my virtue, then. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much then, just one thing on the docket. Now go for it. Um, that I've gone through over the past couple of weeks. So there's a little, I don't know what to call it. It's like a channel, a website called Dropout that does D&D content. You're probably aware of it. You're a D&D fan. Brendan Lee Mulligan and the rest. In one of the chats I'm involved in, yeah. there was some kind of discussion about Dropout mm-hmm. yesterday. I did not okay. read through it. So well, what, what, yeah. what is it? Is it's it... just like a channel that does D&D. They do like um, one-off series that do like four episodes over two hours each. Um, it's a paid service now, but I think they're quirky and fun. This note was that you should just check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I got back into it. I was into it a while when it was free on YouTube. But now it's a paid service, but one of our friends has the hookup, so Jonathan doesn't have to pay any coins. Of course. To yeah. big, uh, big D&D. But uh, they took my two interests, Dan, being D&D and drag queens, especially the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. We've got three winners and a runner-up on Dungeons & Drag Queens Season 1. And there's something about this series that's like really heartwarming and fun, seeing these drag queens interact with the rules of D&D, mm-hmm. and then eventually understand it. And, like, come up with a capable story Yeah, over four episodes. So, like, if you like world building, if you like storytelling, if you like comedy in general, like, this is something just to put on the background and have fun. Um, and recently it was announced or teased that they're doing a season two of Dungeons & Drag Queens. So okay. I'm thoroughly invested. Um, I'll share the login info with you. They've got a lot of different things. They've got, like, a, a Harry Potter parody, What If Americans Went To... Like a a, mm. a a magical school thing, and they're like, this system's fucked. They're tracking the kids by putting them into different houses. Yeah. Like one house is evil. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like different scenarios that I think you might thoroughly enjoy. Of course, being a D and D centered person. So That's maybe, true, maybe yeah. check it out. Yeah, there are a lot of comical people there. Sometimes they got a celebrity. I know one of their se- uh, seasons had John Green recently. Okay. Like the okay. novel writer. He can yeah. be funny. He, I, he posts things I, occasionally. I've there. only seen movies and harped on them. <laughs> well, so, yeah, but I, I've never read a John Green book. But, neither have I. But, but the drag queens got me with uh, Bob the Drag Queen, Monet Exchange, Alaska Thunderfuck 5000, and mm-hmm. Jujube. Mm-hmm. All, all present. And in this season two, I don't know if they're going to get the same queens, which I would love. Or there's lots of queens from the drag race related franchises that are thoroughly interested in this. Like... Like, I love D&D. You should mm-hmm. totally cast me in a second season. And I think 
it was such a big hit for them that they immediately announced a sequel, which hasn't happened. It seems like a big get. No, because yeah. these are minor celebrities, but celebrities nonetheless that they're they're getting. And that seems to be a trend. There seems to be a thing like, you know, one of the better podcast routes you could take is mm-hmm. to get like groups of uh, yeah. famous-ish people together like mm-hmm. that for it's D&D. It's not even like, a podcast too. Like they have everything. They have the video. They mm-hmm. have like the little dioramas, the figures all made. It's thoroughly professional. It's like mm-hmm. critical role in a shorter format. That's a little more fun, a little more loose. Of course. Yeah. There's different genres, so check it out. Certainly. Yeah. That's all I got. Um, well, that's fine. We'll get into Sinister Six sooner. I only Mm. have, uh, very minor news as well. Mm. Uh, in terms of anime, uh, yesterday... Oh, wait, uh, one more thing, but go on. uh, No, you, by all means, after this. Um, on Friday on Hulu was the premiere of Undead Unluck. Uh, a show that kind of caught my eye with the, like, splash art that was coming out when it was being previewed. Um, what I have gathered so far is that in this world, there are certain people called negators who cancel out Negator? I hardly know her. Uh, you you hit that right on cue. I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to set that up in advance. It was, um, but the two main characters, one is incapable of, uh, incapable of dying, and the other one has horrible luck that seems to be induced in a manner that they, they haven't completely figured out yet. Um, so when this, uh, you know, undead person who the other protagonist dubs Andy, uh, finds this girl, he thinks that, okay, her massive unluck might be enough to give me a proper death, because that's what he's been seeking since he's been alive, I think since presumably like the 1800s. Mm. Um, and it's interesting so far. One of the, one of the more interesting things I've, I've kind of checked out in a while. Mm. Um, so I certainly recommend that if you need something short and fun. Yeah. I, it, only one episode so far, but I'm assuming it's going to be weekly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, last night I was rewatching some Lucky Star, mm-hmm. um, just to see how it held up. It held up and then I said, you know what, I'm going to watch a, a new anime movie that I haven't seen, uh, even though it came out in 2019 and I haven't seen the sp- spiritual precessor or successor to this yet. Mm-hmm. I watched Weathering With You. Okay. Um, I mean, it was a big popular Japanese movie in 2019. I remember, um, yeah. It, it preceded Your Name, which I haven't seen yet. And I should have watched that first, but it wasn't on streaming. Mm-hmm. And I was too lazy to look it up. But I found it quite effective, charming. Uh, the storytelling was cool. It was a fluid two hours. Uh, lots of food and water imagery. Mm-hmm. Like, I think McDonald's had a hand in this because there's a scene where someone eats a Big Mac and describes it as the greatest meal of his life. I remember that, too. And I was like, hmm, yeah. that, that Big Mac do look good, though. So perhaps that would be something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this is by Makato, uh, Makato Nitsu, who did Your Name and now the chair anime Suzume, which is coming yeah. or out. Yeah. Or I don't know. I, I wanted to see that. Yeah. I never got around to it all so, sort of laziness. But. And there are references to his previous, your name in this one. So mm-hmm. I can imagine Suzume continues on that timeline. I would assume. In some yeah. form. But I do like how the universes are interconnected with one. I have to watch your name now. I think that was the bigger deal that I missed out on when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while, but I'm catching up. I, I thought it was cool. Maybe I'll bring that trio to the podcast one day. Of course, that would be a good little mm-hmm. semi-trilogy to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all I wrote. Um, I have, like, a half-news article and then, I guess, a full-news article. But mm-hmm. half-news article is I am finally catching up with Castlevania. Because <gasps> um, I had only previously watched, like, season one. Mm. Uh, but I have binged season two and then most of season three. 
because uh, I really want to watch Nocturne. Artificer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that I can kind of get everything that's going on. Mm. They're looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, no complaints. You've already talked Castlevania plenty, but yeah. I'm just... It is good. I'm Solid confirming series, that it's good. Beautiful series. Sexual series. Um, Bisexual series. Yes. Everyone's fucking everyone. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but then, the only other news, or thing resembling news that I have is... Uh, well, maybe two things. I... <gasps> Been playing Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty finally downloaded. Great. Uh, so, you know, just got, you know, just in there. Um, Idris Elba's involved. Mm-hmm. It, again, it's like an escape from New York slash escape from L.A. premise where you gotta save the, the president of the new United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it goes a little bit more than that. Like, I've seemingly already covered that part of the plot. So the rest of the plot, there's a lot more, there's like another layer of intrigue to this that you have to figure out. Like mm-hmm. the, the the rescuing the president thing is pretty straightforward, you know, a, a pretty, I, I want to say like video game single mission thing. Mm-hmm. But then you realize that something else is going wrong and then you and Idris Elba gotta investigate mm-hmm. that. So I'm I'm looking forward to see how it unfolds i assumed that you know that first part would occupy more time or be the entire thing um but there's there's something going on there's some ghost in the shell (laughs) spooky hacking that's happening you didn't go to the casino in space uh wasn't that teased no yeah you you're like dogtown has new facilities like it Mm. has um like a a stadium, like a blown-out stadium that's been converted into, like, a shopping mall, which is beautiful. You kind of approach it, and I, I know your heart has grown cold with Cyberpunk, has, so I, yes, unfortunately. I I haven't sent you any screenshots, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like if when you approach the... I think I bought the DLC, I just refused to reinstall that game for the, for the <laughs> time fine. being. So. It's fine. It's just, like, dead to me, literally. But, you know, you approach... I gave them their coffers, now leave me be. <laughs> the, the stadium, it's, like, got all of these holographic, you know... Uh, like advertising billboards (laughs) izzy wizzy ads and there's also a recurring thing in dogtown where a lot of like thugs have dogtown different from dogville different from dogville (laughs) yeah we'll be getting there uh not not winning any oscars or anything Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the we'll get there but the (laughs) uh they have like 3d holographic uh tattoos and so it's like a cool i don't know it, it it out of all of the stuff that was crammed into the main area of cyberpunk and night city and everything they're finding a way to give this area its own flavor because this was like a sealed off it was taken over by a group of rebels who are like walled it off and and are doing their own martial law type thing but they have like a unique look to them so it's you know again with the the 3d art popping off their armor and stuff and there's kind of constant tv and radio broadcasts that are like propaganda of this like crazy guy who runs it was like oh remember you 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 trade your freedom to live safely under me and it's this whole you know interesting thing which fits in some more cyberpunk tropes that the main thing didn't do Mm. so um other than that uh with godzilla minus one approaching Mm. This is purely for us physical media shills, and there's not even physical media to shill. Mm-hmm. Um, but TV Tokyo, I guess this month, will be airing um, some 4K remasters Ooh. of, I think one of them is Godzilla vs. Megalon, and then the other one is Godzilla Returns slash Godzilla 1984, 
Uh, both gems, in my opinion, that we have not gotten to watch on the podcast yet. Uh, but I'm surprised that they picked those two, and not only have they picked those two, but they're going to be, these seem to be brand new 4K prints of them. I don't know how they relate to the Criterion collection that came out, mm. but I'm like, hey, maybe maybe throw these stateside at some point. Mm. They shall. You know. Um, but they picked those ones to air on TV to kind of generate hype up for minus one. Um, and what was I gonna... I, I think that they're... In terms of the, the many ongoing strikes that are happening, I think there might even be a few Godzilla movies coming back stateside. Is Godzilla on strike? Or? Godzilla's not on strike. Oh. He's... No one No one can keep him down. Yeah. But he, uh, you know, he, he gets his bag when he shows up for a movie. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so keep an eye out for those. I think Godzilla 2000, for instance, might be getting a re-release at some point. So if if this podcast has swayed you whatsoever, yeah. then keep an eye out for those. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all the positive things I have. That's everything, yeah. Um, I gave you a big enough tangent to think on last I, time. So. I got a few ideas. You got a few ideas? Uh, okay. Let me open up the notes app. Uh, one of them inspired yesterday from Weathering With You is... We could make it a city. You you asked for like a city that blends technology and nature. Mm-hmm. Um, this weathering it with you showed Tokyo underwater, um, and like one of the plot lines is like you know three hundred years ago Tokyo used to be a bay, or eight hundred years ago Tokyo used to be a bay, and then mm-hmm. the water declined and people moved in. But when this water comes back in, uh, people are living with nature. Like they're taking boats everywhere through these dilapidated highways. Mm-hmm. There's ivy growing on buildings and stuff. I thought. That might be cool if we go back to, like, a previous Pokemon location that's been consumed by the ocean or the sea and uh, have to deal with that, how people get around that as well. Okay. That's Uh, one idea I had. Um, The next, based on real-world places, I have Shanghai, which is kind of a similar thing. Very technologically advanced, uh, dealing with the water in boats and such. mm -hmm. Perhaps it can be during one of those James Bond festival scenes that's so prominent in our culture, you know. You know, we take a little dragon boat, have a firework or two. That that is that is possible. That'd be cool. Um, Taipei, as I suggested, is literally technology and nature. It's like people go there for everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like and it. and then Hong Kong. Hong Kong seems like a little more seedy at times to do that. Like I was thinking, like the Wong Kar Wai back alley smoking sort of technologically True. advanced versus True. nature as well. So those are the the few locations that I came up. With. Well. Even so, uh, if one if we are going with Venice for that one idea, mm-hmm. we could use your city reclaimed by nature thing for that. Yes. Like it's Venice because yeah. Venice in reality is sinking slightly, mm-hmm. so we could incorporate that into like why there are Pokemon habitats. Yeah. Like they're it's getting it's sinking back in reclaimed by nature into the sea. Um, but I like these. I will I will think on these and I'll come back to you with some possible fictionalized mm. takes on them if Ooh, you wish. Yeah. Um, but thank you. I expect a dragon boat. Yeah. Oh, there will definitely <laughs> be a dragon boat. Yeah. King of Red Lions vibes. Mm. Um, but very good. Thank mm. you for contribution, as always. We do have some more art coming, as yes. I've, uh, shown you. Um, but that's, that's the last of the, the positivity. It's fine. Yeah. We're in the dark Jonathan arc. We're suffering. in the dark Jonathan arc. Yeah, suffering. I'm s- I'm still not entirely sure what that means. Uh, if it's like Majin Vegeta, oh, or, you're gonna uh, feel it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I mean, House of Gucci would have been sad if I was into fashion, but yeah. but 
Yeah, House of Gucci didn't hit you as hard as I wanted it to, but but I'll get you, Dan Ryan. No, the I'm going to get you with the next one, I'm sure. The House of Gucci has yeah. stayed with me. Uh, you know, I you know all the all the voices and the accents and then the money, power, fashion, the fake purses and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but as I promised, my Sinister Six pot is going to be slightly more lighthearted compared to yours. Oh. Um, but channeling your style. The way that it worked out this time, as I said, uh, these fall into your categories mm. of... Classy, cheesy, trashy. Salty, <laughs> spammy, yeah. Spammy? Um, so Umami. It, it just so happened to work out that way because two of these were left over in the pot previously. Mm. Technically, by genre, these would be action, action, and horror. But uh, the action movies are so incredibly different from one another that I figured it's fine if they occupy the same pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, all of them in some way, uh, well, except one, <laughs> the, the two the two more popular ones mm. have connections to previous podcast episodes. Okay. If you pick one of them, it's going to be a direct connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I figured that, uh, you know, again, two of these were already in there. One of them narrowly missed uh mm-hmm. being the sinister selection pick uh-huh. uh i chose batman and robin out of pure favoritism and mm-hmm. corruption on my part uh but so i didn't want to get rid of it but as you seem to be going uh you know in the more prestigious sinister picks mm-hmm. uh and we now also have good movie podcasts. well that trend has finished with house of gucci i think oh well okay. as i suggested to you i threw in a b movie to to appease you. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we'll see how the future plays out, but I'm I'm also going to try to load this with B and C movies mm-hmm. once the better ones are taken out. I'm going to I'm going to do some dumpster diving mm-hmm. to, to fill this from now okay. on because we're getting a lot of good physical media releases. Back to our roots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh of like obscure horror movies whose names have not been spoken since they they passed on mm. years ago. Um so without further ado, I'm going to mix up the bag here. No, mix it, mix it. As I always do, uh, you know, my movies are given code names so that you can't immediately spoil what it is. Uh, but go on and choose your fate. Hmm. He's picking. No, Dark Jonathan. He has to choose carefully. He's hmm. picking. Hmm. Which one do I want? This What's one's he gonna get? Now to unwrap the paper. So delicately pressed. Codename Sonic Boom. Codename? Sonic, Sonic Boom. Boom! Sonic Boom! That is probably the most popular pick in the bag here. Oh boy. It is Street Fighter the movie. Oh man, <laughs> this really does tie into a past episode and I've never seen this. You've never this seen is a live this. action. Oh, it's Raul Julia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. my boy. Um, so if you Ooh, would like this to... ties into my next Sinister Six pick, if you would which like is to, mandated, uh, but this to, is lovely. To take a look at it, uh, the audience, the listeners can't see it, yeah. but... Wow, this a steel book. <laughs> this steel book uh, includes a free bison buck, which oh, was uh, wow. cryptocurrency. Well, we can retire, Dan. <laughs> uh, so if you want to take a look oh, at that. Well, and I'm quite I'm excited for this because it's got my man notes. in this. Da, 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 da. Let's see here. He's riding a little horse. What's that? What's that image? Napoleon on the horse? The Viva La Vida album? Yeah. yeah. That's what they're trying to parody here. Oh, nice steel book. And oh, a bison buck. <laughs> So, uh, in terms of the pot, this was what I categorized as the cheesy pick, uh, and it was also promised- I can't tell why. Yeah, I can't tell why, <laughs> uh, and it was also promised long ago when we watched the animated Street Which Fighter movie. was way better than I expected. Yes. And so. will probably be way better than this. <laughs> this so, yeah. 
Uh, so Street Fighter is a 1994 action film written and directed by Stephen E. D'Souza. Uh, it is based on the video game series of the same name produced by Capcom. Specifically, it is a loose adaptation of Street Fighter 2, uh, but a much less well-received one than the anime movie that we already watched, which came out in the same year. Because mm. if you recall, there was uh -huh. some kind of weird arrangement where it's like, we gotta keep plugging Street Fighter 2. Uh, the anime movie was one way of doing that, and this live-action movie was another way of doing that. And I think we'll see which one did it better. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, the film stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, action legend, mm -hmm. uh, and Raul Julia in his final theatrical film role. R.I.P. Along with supporting performances by Byron Mann, uh, Damien Chapa, Kylie Minogue. Uh, Kylie Minogue's in this movie! She is! <laughs> <laughs> oh, very miscast. Oh my god. Uh, la la la. <laughs> Ming-Na Wen and Wes Studi. Mm. Uh, so, this adaptation focuses on the efforts of Colonel Guile Van Damme uh, to bring down General M. Bison. Raul Julia, of course, the great. Uh, and who is uh, the military dictator and drug kingpin of Shadow Lu City. Uh, who aspires to conquer the world with an army of genetic super soldiers uh, while enlisting the aid of street... Oh, uh, this is bad sentence, but uh, <laughs> Guile enlists the aid mm. of street fighters Ryu and Ken, who are played by Man and Chapa, respectively, mm -hmm. and are very minor characters compared to it's fine. the video game. Yeah, uh, They gotta infiltrate Bison's empire and help destroy it from within. Uh, while the film was commercially successful and, a and its worldwide... Gross, that was approximately three times the production cost. Uh, it also made a lot, side note, on home video and, you know, mm -hmm. television licensing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very poorly received by critics and fans for its campy tone, unfaithfulness to the source material, and overblown effects. However, of course, Raw Julia's performance as M. Bison was singled out for widespread acclaim and garnered <laughs> him a posthumous... Uh, nomination for Best Supporting Actor at the Saturn Awards. I was about to say the Oscar. <laughs> no, not the Oscars. <laughs> like, not the Oscars. <laughs> Ooh, I was sweating there for a second. Um, the film was, again, Julia's final theatrical performance, mm -hmm. uh, and he sadly passed away two months before the film's release, yeah. and it is dedicated to him. Mm -hmm. um, the film's production budget was uh, around $35 million, with Capcom alone financing most of it. Uh, because Capcom was co-financing it, every aspect of the production required their approval. They had to sign off on it beforehand. Mm -hmm. uh, among other points, they mandated a December 1994 release. It was Christmas rushed, uh, <laughs> which uh, required the cast and crew to maintain an aggressive filming schedule. Uh, D'Souza says he wrote the initial draft of the script overnight, uh, and he was made aware that Capcom executives were, like, in Los Angeles uh, on short notice. So he got the script done really quick, went to see them while they were in town, and kind mm. of sold them on the fact that he was a fan of the, of the original games. Uh, Capcom had long envisioned Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile. Of course, yeah. And asked him to be cast. Uh, Raul Julia, on the other hand, accepted the role of Bison because his children were huge fans of the <laughs> video game series. Mm. Um, and I think it was like... He knew this was going to be his final role, and he wanted to do something fun and hammy for yeah. it. He wanted to go out on... I think in his a own words, villain, yeah. he wanted to go out on a loud note, mm -hmm. is what he said. Um, after Van Damme uh, and Julia were cast, most of the casting budget had already been spent. 
Uh, Van Damme's fee alone was $8 million, wow. again, of a $35 million budget wow. total. Uh, and this meant that the other parts had to be majority little-known or unknown actors, such as Byron Mann, Damien Chapa, um, and the other players uh, involved. Uh, Kylie Minogue was <laughs> cast as Cammy. Uh, as a result of the Australian Actors I Guild wanting... I can't believe I never knew that before. It, like, it's that true. That seems like a fact that I should have known. Uh, so she was a required casting by the Australian Actors <laughs> Guild uh, for the director. Um, and the only role that was left at that point could that have been hadn't Nicole been Kidman. filled yeah. was Cammie. Yeah. 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 It could have been Nicole Kidman. Yeah, she wasn't so busy all the time. <laughs> uh... But DeSouza first learned of Minot from a cover photo of World's 30 Most Beautiful People uh, of edition of Who magazine. Mm. Uh, so, uh, Japanese actor Kenya Sawada also appeared uh, in the film as part of a promotional contract with Capcom. Uh, they originally wanted him to play the role of, of Ryu himself, uh, but DeSouza main, remained resolute and stuck with man for the role. And we can judge whether or not that was for the best. Uh, the cast's physical training was handled by Hollywood trainer and world karate champion, uh, Benny Urkadez. Oh, I'm sorry. Urkadez. Urkadez. Uh, who appears in the film as one of Saget's henchmen. Uh, Charlie Pasemi was hired as the stunt coordinator, and he took the job on the condition that he would need ample time to train these actors to be martial artists. He did not get ample time. Mm. Um... What? <laughs> when it was when when Raul Julia came to the set, and obviously he was in a bad state at the time. Have a Shakespeare an actor in this role? Just... They he was too frail at that point to do the kind mm -hmm. of demanding training regimen that mm -hmm. they had envisioned. So instead, they they got into this situation where all of the stunt training would be done. I think a couple hours before the the scenes were supposed to be shot. Mm -hmm. So. If things look <laughs> amateurish, you're going to know why. That might why. be why, yeah. Um, so, uh, DeSouza says that he did not want to make a generic martial arts movie, uh, and he described the film as a cross between Star Wars, James Bond, and a war film. Well, you love all those things, I man. do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that I do. I'm gonna, am I going to get my wish? I don't know. Uh, in addition, uh, he also did not want to shoehorn in elements from the game, uh, citing, why, why not? <laughs> citing the previous year's poorly received Super Mario Bros. film. Poorly received. One of the greatest films of our At age. At the time, the critics hadn't reflected Big Bertha, upon it yet. Dennis Hopper, what more do you need? Uh, so DeSouza, to that end, How says, has that not made it in the pot yet? I think we're both waiting for the other person to put that in the... That's what I would <laughs> We're assume. doing a gift of the Magi situation. <laughs> I mean, if you... Ooh... If you give me the green light, I'll put it in. I mean... Uh, but, you know, we gotta make sure that we don't both pick it. Well, That's if we both picked it, imagine how fun that would be. <laughs> you have to watch it twice in a <laughs> row. Um, so, no supernatural elements. Uh, they're not using any of their superpowers, but they're going to vaguely hint at the superpowers. Uh -huh. um, so, it was filmed mostly in Queensland, Australia, along the famous Gold Coast. Um... With most of the interiors and exteriors being sound stages in Brisbane. Uh, some other scenes were shot in Bangkok, Thailand. Um, and there was a lot of, like, their their vision didn't match their budget or their reach. 
De Souza says that he envisioned the attack on the Bison hideout to include helicopters, uh, <laughs> but he was unable to do so because there were military conflicts. The helicopters were on strike during that time, so. Going on. Uh, <laughs> I, guess, I guess when they went to film, they were filming near Myanmar, which was having political instability at the time. Myanmar? <laughs> and. Myanmar. They. <laughs> weren't able to do any of that so instead uh you know they they just go on via boats uh so but it's still referenced in the film's final script uh the film the first submitted cut of it had an r rating Mm. uh but that was way too high for capcom who had decided that it needed to be pg-13 and then various cuts were made uh that to to give it a g rating which was then bumped back up to PG thirteen with the addition, like with the addition of N expletive. I'm g- one expletive. Well, I'll be keeping my ears peaked for it. Uh, to uh, you know, in post production, so uh, it was eight, it was one eighty yard expletive. Yeah, that, that that's all you get, up. Dan. Uh, there was also a post credit scene where Bison is revived as a reference to the game. Uh, but this was obviously removed out of you know. Respect. reverence yeah. to Raul Julia, you know, to not tease that he would ever be coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did think a sequel was going to happen. Mm. So a one-shot comic adaptation titled Street Fighter The Battle for Shadaloo was released by DC Comics. Um, there was also a one-shot manga adaptation by Takayuki Sakai uh, that was published in June 1995 in Koro Koro Comics. Uh, two famous tie-in video games were also produced. Uh, the first was a coin-operated arcade game titled Street Fighter the Movie. I think we referenced that previously because it was like Street Fighter the Movie the Game, mm-hmm. and it was a terrible name using like live-action yeah. actor models mm-hmm. and and barely following the plot and everything. Uh, the second was a home video game developed by Capcom, also titled Street Fighter the Movie, which was released on PlayStation and Sega Saturn. Uh, neither game is a port of the other, although they both use the same, if we remember, uh, you know, 90s digitized actor models, Mm -hmm. as I just said. Um, and there was, I think they were, they kept announcing enhanced ports of it, uh, but this version was never, like, that version was never released, Mm -hmm. if it was ever even made. So, sequel, question mark. Uh, by 2003, plans were being made for a sequel, Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great name. Uh, rumored cast members include Van Damme returning, Dolph Lundgren, and Holly Valance. Uh, the project never materialized. In 2009, 20th Century Fox released Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, mm-hmm. if you remember that. I don't. Starring, I think, Kristen Kirk from uh, Smallville. I, I wouldn't know. You would know Smallville lore. Which me. Uh, got even worse reception than this original <laughs> movie. Uh, and then that was the end of that for a while. But then, I think very recently, on April 3rd, 2023... Oh. It was announced that Legendary Entertainment, who has brought us the live-action American Godzilla movies Mm -hmm. so far, uh, now had acquired the film rights to Street Fighter games Mm -hmm. and had begun work on a new live-action film. Hmm. I would assume in response to the fact that the other studio had kicked into gear on their Mortal Kombat film Uh, that came out. I think WB did that. Um, But I would assume that was like, okay, we can start doing this again. Mm -hmm. Um, so, the film currently holds an 11% rating on Rotten Oof, Tomatoes. Yikes. Uh, I think one of the lowest that we've watched on this podcast so far. Be, yeah. 
because uh, because usually you know we've brought like kind of bad personal favorites mm-hmm. or ones that weren't that terrible. Uh, so this might be among the lowest. Uh, and the consensus reads. Though it offers mild entertainment uh, through campy one-liners and overacting of the late Raw Julia, Street Fighter's non-stop action sequences are not enough to make up for a predictable, uneven storyline. Once again, it made $99.4 million on a $35 million budget, so it was commercially successful despite being critically panned. Now, I would assume that... As per all big studio adaptations, it shared this in common with another movie in my pot that was also a box office success, but not well received. Mm-hmm. At this point, it seems like the margin for some of these adaptations are always razor thin, like they wanted this thing to make more money, and it did not, so there was no justification to move forward for mm-hmm. it. Um, so, why this movie? Because we love Street Fighter. Yep. We already sure. watched Street Fighter 2. Loved it. Uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. And we also love Raul Julia. I do. And uh, speaking in eight weeks time or ten weeks time or so, mm-hmm. he ties in directly to my Sinister Six pick, which is a special occasion. Very nice. Uh, that we'll get to. He's not in it, but mm-hmm. he ties directly to the lore of that pick. Okay. So, in a very specific way. So, it's very fortuitous that you chose this, or I picked this. Yeah. I did that. Not Deb. No, I, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I think that fate, you know, the stars aligned yeah, it's here. guiding us in a specific path, and the Dark Jonathan arc can continue. And again, trademark. This, this is probably <laughs> the most fun of the picks Good. that I had. So I want to have fun. You know, we gotta, we gotta shed some light in the Dark Jonathan arc here. Yeah. Uh, as for the cringe corner... I'm going to agree with the most commonly cited cringe moment that is discussed on the internet, Mm -hmm. which is Guile's We Can All Go Home speech, uh, which is an incredibly cringe, overdramatic, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme military speech. Supposed to be Braveheart, be given Brave Shark. Yes. No, exactly. Um, So, and we should note that the reason that Jean-Claude Van Damme's Guile is working with the Allied Nations instead of the United Nations, is because the real UN threatened to sue the studio if oh. they mentioned them, so they couldn't use the real UN. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, Street Fighter the movie on a beautiful, uh, you know, <laughs> steelbook edition. Wow. Brought to us by Mill Creek Entertainment. Wow. Uh, I thought they just made flour. They are, uh, <laughs> they, they tend to you know, deal in very bad movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm surprised that they put out a release on the level of this with a bison buck included and everything. Well, you're saying this isn't a bad movie, Dan. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think that this is going to be an entertaining mess. It's been a long time since I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't retain much of it compared to the anime version, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm excited. Yeah. How about you? I too am excited. I haven't seen this. I've seen... Uh, at least a handful of reviews on this mm-hmm. and yet again haven't retained anything from it aside from like Raul Julia's in it and then mm-hmm. it gets weird with like the special effects and shit I love the Street Fighter anime um I think I'm gonna enjoy this I don't think this is a bad pick I mm-hmm. think this could be a fun time it's no money plane I'll give you that <laughs> no of course it's but there more there might be more money planes coming again oh. after this because I'm gonna oh. hopefully I chose wisely this time I'm, I'm going less for love and more for hate yeah. from now on mm. but uh wow a page out of my book, huh? Yeah. yeah, but why don't you say we uh, flash kick our way over to the TV and watch some Street Fighter? Well, I was going to spinning crane kick my way to the couch, Dan, but... Eh. Eh. Shit. No hit again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shoryoken. How about yeah, there that? There you go. <laughs>
Having just watched uh, the 1994 live-action rendition of Street Fighter, uh, the Giants are losing, and I almost pulled my neck getting back into this chair, so oh. I'm starting to feel my age a little oh bit here. Goodness. Um, but any initial thoughts? You came here expecting to record with a man, but you're recording with a god! <laughs> yeah, this was uh, fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Like, this was one of the, the campy picks that we picked. Uh, yeah. I've we, got my, my nitpicks to share, but overall, oh, no, it, was, we got, it was a fine movie. I got, like, I got a plethora of notes here good, uh, good. to go over, but, um, the thing that seems consistent mm. is that and it doesn't feel exclusive to, like, this adaptation, but it feels like when we got 90s movies like this that were meant to be adapting some kind of property, they both they all kind of followed a very similar structure of we gotta introduce, like, 20 characters at the beginning, mm -hmm. and then it's all gotta build to a crazy shit show at yeah, the end. Yeah. And that's, like, what occupies the middle space is always, you know... But parts of this... Kind of remind me of how, uh, like, the, the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went. Presumable future watch on this podcast, but... But I would consider that a better movie than No, I, no, no, yeah. I do too. Yeah. It's just, it, it... There was certain, like, 90s movie things, like, a bunch of people mm -hmm. talking at once, mm -hmm. so you can't hear any of the dialogue, mm -hmm. or, like, you know, like, five people are, are saying things, and the music is also drowning out part of it. Um... This has all of those 90s staples, but worse a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's held back by things like that. It's held back by the budget and how cramped everything is, is the is the sense that I get. Mm -hmm. So, um, but if you approve, yeah. uh, we will get into it right off the bat. We've got a lot to discuss here, yeah. You know it's the 90s because we got a metal font uh, title card well, against Yeah, it goes space. right from the Universal logo yes. into the action of the film, which I loved. I was like, more movies should make use of that in some way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, There's the, a crisis in Shadaloo. <laughs> we, we cut to a, a GNT broadcast. GNT! <laughs> <laughs> Presumably global news television, I'm yeah. not sure, uh, but there is a crisis in Shadaloo that they are covering. <laughs> uh, so we see that uh, Chun-Li Zhang yeah, is a reporter. Intrepid reporter, reporter Chun-Li Zhang. Lois I wonder reporter. who she's going to be. <laughs> um, she is, is covering the scene down there, and according to what she says... This nefarious General M. Bison has staged a military coup mm -hmm. in the country of Shadaloo, which is in, like, a nondescript location in Southeast Asia, I that guess. It also sounds like a, an extant verse of Puff the Magic Dragon. There it was does. A, a coup in Shadaloo. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, General M. Bison has taken over, and more importantly, he has taken a bunch of hostages. Yeah, snapping necks and backs two minutes in. And, uh, you know, the hostage crisis will be the main crux of the plot because uh, M. Bison, Dr. Evil style, is demanding $20 billion yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the AN, the 
you know, allied nations of the world. They really sued for UN, huh? Yeah, we couldn't they, use that. Well, even they, they in this fictional to. world. They threatened to. I don't know if they thought That's that would be embarrassing. Like, I don't know. The UN is featured in a lot of movies. Even the rescuers had the UN. <laughs> That's true. Had the rodent UN. But usually, there's like a credit in the end credits oh that's like gosh. made with the permission of oh. i think when like the military shows up in something they have to do that mm. um but but you know we, we get some shots of of general m bison as portrayed by raul julia uh, excellently yes he, obviously not a flaw in that he knows the knows the character that he's playing and sticks with it He's got. He's in character the entire time. Perfectly handy. Yeah. So saving grace. If anything, it, it 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 you know it made me think of a lesser M Bison performance, which was of course Doug Walker in Kickassia. Oh. He famously donned. You're gonna uh, bring that one day. I'm probably me, gonna you? bring that. Uh, you'll probably murder me with that oh, one. Probably. Like, I I've considered that's gonna it. be when you've had enough. <laughs> I considered it. <laughs> we'll bring Kickassia. Not even uh, suburbia, suburban legends, suburban knights, suburban knights, oh. and then to boldly flee. I I, think is the... I couldn't make it through to boldly flee unfortunately well that one's like four hours yeah. but that's neither here nor there mm. uh so the hostages have been taken and notable among these hostages i guess as part of the first rescue mission to go get the civilian hostages mm-hmm. was military man charlie, <laughs> charlie. Uh, he, he is best friend to giles best friend to colonel guile yeah. who according to the gnt broadcast is now in charge of the rescue operation colonel guile an interview for my station no no <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, Jean-Claude Van Damme, God bless him. I mean, he looks good. He looks good. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, he is Belgian, and he's yeah. playing what is supposed to be, like, a... An American. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm assuming he's playing a Belgian man recruited by American mm-hmm. forces, who then is recruited by well, the AN. He's supposed to be that Lieutenant Surge type, right? Like... Yeah. Yeah, I, I would expect like a Texan or something. Well, I would assume he'd be like he was in the animated movie. He'd sound like that. Yeah. But he, uh, you know, so oftentimes, pro- probably through no fault of Van Damme, just how the dialogue was written or given to him, I would assume this was all done in one take. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of just spouts one-liners that don't make any sense. But it adds to the character and the charm it in does. that regard. <laughs> like, it, I don't hate him for it, even though I can't understand half the words he's saying without thinking about them. Yes. Which is fine for this um, movie. So, uh, Chun-Li is denied an interview, <laughs> and she goes back to the GNT news van, where mysteriously, Honda and Balrog yeah. are working as news technicians. What an intrepid trio we have here. Uh, but, uh, Honda's rocking a Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. uh, Balrog is just there with his giant widow's peak and they are you know we, we we're kind of wondering why are they working as news reporters yeah, where's but, that story where was the flashback to how they met um but we we don't get filled in on that until later uh meanwhile we get some more of uh, bison's own crew uh for instance the street fighter character dj yeah. is evil in this one and mm-hmm. he's working for m bison as like tech guy yeah yep. Yep. Uh, controlling the the Hacking the news broadcasts. We get fan favorite of mine, mm-hmm. winner of the movie, Zangief. Silent, Without a doubt. Silent hero. Yeah. Love Raul Julia, but Zangief Deep is the standout. Eight. Yeah. He, he is just Munched. perfect. Mm-hmm. He gets so little scenes. But I know, he, he got paid probably a good price just to stand there and stare and have a couple of lines at the end. You got paid? Like, uh, <laughs> um. So, again, Bison has the hostages. We're really emphasizing these hostages. Especially one Carlos Blanca. Yeah. Yes, uh, so yeah, uh, Carlos, a.k.a. Charlie Blanca. <laughs> Charlie Blanca. 
is uh, specifically, he is taken aside from the other hostages, and he is going to be experimented on for M. Bison's superhuman genetic, ex- you know, alteration program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we cut to a shady club in Shadaloo City, which is separate from the country of Shadaloo, presumably the, yeah. the capital. Yeah, where um, people are gambling on some fighting in a cage. And Vega is dazzling yeah. the ladies. And I in thought this Vega was going to get nothing to do, and he basically didn't get anything to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's he's rocking his mask and his Wolverine claws as he always does. Um, but notably, Ryu and Ken are on the scene, and they are talking with Sagat, mm-hmm. who is notable for his eye patch. He is played by Wes Studi. Yeah, mystery who, men. As you pointed yeah, out, I said, he, that's why Dan, he has common thread. Yeah, he played um, the mysterious uh, mentor guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he he is like a character actor in like a shitload yeah. of 90s movies, many of which I think are some of my faves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, he's in there. Um, so Ryu and Ken are... Seemingly trying to well, they're dating him. at this point in my mind. They are. They've, they've been together forever. They've had a little tension between them. They, they go everywhere together. Even though we are in the nineties, yeah. Ryu and Ken are embodying the eighties. Yeah, they are wearing ill-fitting leisure 80s suits. suits yep. uh, that you would expect them to whip out some coke at some point, but they. They're, very, they're stuck in the previous decade, uh, and they are trying to con Sagat out of money by selling him fake guns. I did like how they weren't the main characters. Okay. Because that's yeah. usually every other Street Fighter thing is this relationship between Ryu and Ken. And I loved how that was not played up at all. Like, we didn't know anything about them except their buddies. It is interesting, yeah. yeah. And I'm 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 interested to see you hear you say that because again, that was probably one complaint that people I, gave this. Movie I would was, not complain after seeing all the other Street Fighter media. Yeah. Like this is a fine separation. Honestly, we I, get it. I wouldn't either. It, yeah. it it worked. It worked surprisingly well. Um but, you know, uh Sagat is not fooled. He had his goons go and collect <laughs> the weapons, and they are just plastic uh nerf yeah, gun tennis toys. ball launchers, yeah. Um so, uh, Sagat, you know, wants to make them pay. Uh, he says, I'm going to do this in living color. So Sagat was a fan of that uh, yeah. sketch comedy show yeah, in the 90s. Uh, and he throws them into the cage match to be targeted. Well, he throws just Ryu in the cage just match. Just Ryu. Yeah. And he's, Ken's given the opportunity to watch. Ken's, like, there in Sagat's menacingly in that cage. <laughs> next to him. Yeah. Uh, but then we cut back to Bison headquarters where Dr. Dalsim and, is... Mm, I wonder who he's gonna be. ...is, is running experiments. Uh, they, you know, M. Bison comes down to check on the progress. They have Blanca in a tube. Um, and when M. Bison goes to inspect it, the prop doesn't work correctly for mm-hmm. a second. Like, the door gets stuck. Yeah. But then it opens, and we see that Blanca has been hooked up to a mind control device, or a mind uh, brainwashing yeah, device. showing him the horrors of humanity, which I would show Dear Evan Hansen on loop for 24-7. That would get me uh, yeah. evil. Yeah. And specifically, he's he's being shown footage, he's being shown stock footage of, of like, protests and Hitler and other assorted yeah, bad abominations things. going on in humanity, yeah. Um, and this is meant to, to make him evil mm-hmm. uh, by taking in all of this evil. Uh, <laughs> and we also see that uh, there are numerous bags of chemical pathogens yeah, being pumped the in. The strawberry and the lime. 
Yeah. A deadly combo. Both in Blanca's signature colors of lime green and orange, uh, so we have to assume that uh, at some point he's going to get palette swapped. Uh, but then we cut back to Ryu versus Vega in the in the cage match. Yeah. We think we're about to get a street fight. But no. Uh, instead, Denied. the yeah. fight is interrupted by Guile yeah. and Big Tank. You're all under arrest. Even the grandmas? Who are, like, just gambling for fun? Yeah, all of them. They're all I wouldn't arrested. assume there's any death going on here. We didn't see it. It seemed... I mean, there's a weapons dealer. It's fine. Yeah. But it didn't feel like the stakes were raised at all. No. Yeah. I, I don't know why Guile... I, we're assuming he was after Sagat, but we don't... Yeah, we yeah. also forgot where Sagat's like, do you want money? Do you want anything else? And these women peek in. And then they're like, no, thank you. And the women are like, oh. <laughs> so, I have to mention that. I was like, mm. Well, that was one of those... There's a lot of, like... That really make the movie weird ADR comments, oh, yeah, like, yeah. and sounds yeah. mm-hmm. that are, like, coming from the wrong like direction. Like, you hear a laugh from across the screen There's, or like, a yeah. camel grunt at one yeah, point that sounds cheering like... cheering for Vega nonstop. Yeah. It's, it's, it's strange, but they're all under arrest. Uh, and then back at the AN temporary headquarters... <laughs> the AN. Which, with the badly made hand-painted sign that says AN Refugee Center... Yeah. Uh, they are, you know, Guile is holding a meeting with his generals, notably Cammy, as <laughs> played by Kylie, Kylie Minogue. And bless her heart, she tried. And yeah. Lieutenant, badly dubbed, is there. And, and then that T-Bird is there, but he, we don't know it's him. He's in the background. Yeah, we, he doesn't do anything. I until, wouldn't know until we yeah. knew. But as if we, if you recall, Thunderbird, who also, or Thunderhawk, who appeared in the animated movie... Uh, is here, and he's, like, I don't think his, his name is said once, Mm -hmm. uh, but he's only notable because they give him a Native American headband, and that is it. Later on, not, not at this point. Uh, but the meeting is interrupted by a Shadow Lou assassin (laughs) who has been branded, aka poorly painted on in Sharpie, uh, the tongue of Shadow Lou, Mm -hmm. which is But Guile kicks his ass and resumes the meeting. Yes. Like, anything else? They got many little TVs, little RCA TVs mm-hmm. that are broadcasting, you know, green and black pixels, uh, you know, showing a map of something. <laughs> you know, sure, it's, it's vague it's, enough, yeah, yeah it, to be it, true. It, it's all vague there. Vague enough. Um, but then at the AN prison center, uh, where everyone is marked with a P for yeah, prison. P, P for prisoner. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Ryu Well, they're and... selling, like, a lemon ice. They're selling lemon <laughs> yeah, ice. Like, the courtyard. I'm like, what, what kind of prison? There's lots of scaffolding. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, there's a prison fight because Sagat and Vega oh. want revenge on Ryu and Ken. I saw this plot coming, Dan, and I mean, yeah. I'm no film genius, especially no, for, yeah. we're talking about Street Fighter, but I knew exactly where this was going the entire time. Because on one of the security cameras, Guile notices Ryu and Ken yeah. holding their own against... They, they pull a mummy. The other, like, yeah. Evie seeing O'Connell for the first time. Exactly. Mm. And they're like, Guile's like, hmm, get me those boys, like yeah. they can fight. <laughs> get me the boys. Um, and uh, then we cut back again, Blanca <laughs> is starting to mutate. Yeah. He's we at forty seven percent at this point in the he, movie. He's forty seven, which seems evil. like a quick, yeah, yeah, a quick little transition. But, um, but uh, I I put something here. Really awkward cuts. Oh well, there's lots of moments where Guile will say something and then it'll cut away either too fast or too slow. Mm-hmm. So Guile will deliver like, 
oh, I said I wanted onions with that, and then it'll, like, the camera will stay on him for, like, five seconds yeah, longer. I I like it. It's part of the charm. It, it is. is part of the charm. I'm, not, like, I'm, I'm not, surprised it, this movie got me so well. Like, you got me in a good mood. I'm just the right appropriate buzz for this film. Of course. I didn't have to think. I didn't take a lot of notes. It was a fun time. So, at some point, uh, Guile takes Ryu and Ken aside. Uh, they have some kind of conversation. We're, we're not privy to this very obvious plan that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sagat, Vega, Ryu, and Ken are loaded into a prison yeah, truck. and they have, like, the fake frenemies fight. We're like, Dan, you son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> you got on my nerves! Which, Slap! Ooh. And they were acting. Ken yeah, gives yeah, the I, wink. I noticed the wink, Dan. Yeah. Uh, but Ryu has stolen the keys to mm-hmm. the... To the the prison man. Yeah, yeah, to the shackles. Prison break. Um, so they have a prison truck escape where there is a shootout. Guile jumps over some crates and goes, Hugh! Yeah. And then, uh, Guile is shot by Ken in the ensuing escape. But I knew something was up. But we do hear Kylie Minogue say, Medic! Which Medic. is the best line of the film. So, uh, Cammy, See, if you were a Drag Race stand, that's an iconic line in Drag Race. Someone falls on stage, someone goes, Medic! Well, maybe that's that's where they got it from. Yeah, but Cammy, well, no, it wasn't. It was filmed before, but yeah. yeah. Cammy presumably also acting is distraught, yeah. and then Chun Li acting fast throws a microphone, a, a very loose tracking device yeah. into the flap of the prison truck, um, and then heads back to the GNT van. I liked this trio too. I liked them. Yeah, they were kind of more center than Ryu and Ken. It was a weird like combination feel, of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I feel like. We could have had a flashback scene with how they met, and I think that would have given me another point for the movie. Certainly, yeah. Just we, to see, think... like, they're on, like, Hawaii one day, and they all challenge each other to a fight. But we don't have... There's no flashbacks uh, at all, I don't think. I, no. Um, but... Which is strange for Street Fighter, but uh, we cut back to M. Bison. He is... To Sagat and the rest of his evil crew, mm-hmm. he is unveiling his plan for Bisonopolis. Uh, which is his cyberpunk city of the future that will exist in a perfect world that he dubs Pax Bisonica. And Zangief is just chilling. Yes, it will be policed by perfect (laughs) genetic soldiers. Yeah, he says, I'm not a bad guy, I just have these elements of bad people in my things. But, like, 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 mm. he'll he'll use his perfect soldiers to create Pax Bisonica, no war, no crime, and Zangief gets his first line saying, so beautiful. Yeah, Zangief was very impressed. He just wants friends, that's all. And they've got, at this bison community, they've got a lot. Like you said, they've yeah, got the swimming pool. A gym. They've got, like, the, the, the youth education center. they like, got everything. Like, who wouldn't All want to contained there? Yeah. in these ancient yeah. Southeast Asia ruins. You ever been at the gym and want to incinerate something? Well, Now you here. can. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we cut back to the GNT van where Honda and Balrog are, are trying to... <laughs> hone in on the tracker that Chun-Li they've got put. tech skills, too. They yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, but they notice that another tracker from the same truck is creating interference. Yeah. So it's it's messing with where they can get it Meanwhile, to. Meanwhile, Jonathan's suiting up in the background. A tracker, you say? Well, <laughs> there's something I gotta do here. Well, well before that, you and I both had a, a synchronized moment where Honda gets up oh, and it and looks like... Oh, we thought there was a wet spot on his it ass. Was, like but it wasn't. It was, it was a trick of the light. It was a trick of the light. <laughs> But um, the fact that we both had that thought, though. It's, our eyes went yeah. right there. Uh, but Chun-Li gets dressed into a ninja outfit. For no, for no reason. <laughs> like, it's, why? It's she, still, she wears, like, a black suit, and that's it. It's still daytime I, at this point. I mean, it's something I would do. It'd be like, I'll be right back. <laughs> so they, they track the tracker jacker to... Yeah. 
the AN headquarters, uh, where... <laughs> Which is just in a building. It's just a building. With a skeleton. And she makes her way to the morgue, where... Yeah, the AN morgue. The AN morgue. That Every... they had the, the privilege to label. Everything is labeled, yeah, like, so that oh, we know. Well, we're in a morgue, there's a skeleton, there's some parts and, and tubes. And she comes upon Guile's body, mm-hmm. which is mysteriously set up next to a little TV that's tracking the other tracking device. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Guile is in fact alive. I, I knew that, I saw that corpse covered, and I said, that's gonna be Guile, he's gonna spring up, and lo and behold, Dad. Yeah, because cool, there's all these shots on the back of the Blu-ray that, you Riddle know, hadn't that. happened yet. Uh, so Guile was wearing a fake ketchup exploding packet on his chest. But I have to ask, why was he there still? We don't know. We, he was just, for theatrical purposes, he was laying under the waiting. sheet. Waiting. Um, if I had, if you, if you put a gun to my head Stop. and like, you were like, Dan. There's no reasoning. I would never ask you to explain. No, if you're like, Dan, justify it. They were worried that one of the Shadow Lou tongues were going to come and try to assassinate or get their something pause on info or so something. he had to yeah. keep pretending to be dead sure um i would but, shoot you at that point <laughs> but guile's <laughs> I like <laughs> i wouldn't buy that so uh, guile's nice still alive try. and he's like still no interview yeah and at this point shun lee is like i have a personal motivation <laughs> guile's <laughs> like sorry miss no personal motives in war and chun lee is <laughs> is removed dragged out uh, but, she, but she leaps out a window. Yeah, she easily outfoxes Cammy and T-Hawk yeah, and jumps out gummies. the window. And, uh, she is, and then Cammy's like, guards! <laughs> what guards? With her very good British accent, she's like, She's guards. Australian, Dan. And, uh, and, and Guile observes this and he's like, what a woman. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe something. Some most, everyone's lusting after Chun-Li. Who, yeah, I mean, she's from the Joy Luck Club. Yes. I, I I mean, she did do her best with this role, so I can't even lambast her. More, uh, m- like, modern audiences will recognize her as... As the voice of Mulan. As the voice of Mulan and as Boba Fett's um, assassin friend. Uh, mm. I think, it, what is it, Fenra is her name in that show. Mm. Um, but that's where you'll... And she's been in a lot of Ming stuff. Ming-Na Wen. Min, yeah, Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. Um, but she, uh... Dan and escapes. I just know her from different things, I guess. I know we her do. from good movies, and Dan knows her from... Well... Other but, things. Well, hold it, we got it, because we're on one of the best scenes now, <laughs> yeah. where we go to Portobello Road. Portobello Road! Because M. Bison is whining and dining... It's just the mummy, Dan. It, yes, Literally it the is. same thing happens in the mummy. He's whining and dining the upper crust of Shadaloo, including Sagat... And he's doing so with a Kenilworth Street Fair circus tent. Yeah, with no explanation. No explanation. Our intrepid trio of Chun-Li, um, Honda, and... Well, okay. No, they're not there yet, D- sorry. We gotta set the scene. Okay. Uh, uh, it's like... The Bison Boys are there. Yeah. Sagat's crew is there. Yeah. They're all Ryu having and a meet Ken minds. are there in new 80s suits. Because mm-hmm. they seemingly prove themselves to the villains. Yes. Um, but then, in a very clever disguise, Chun-Li, clever. Honda, and uh, Balrog yeah. are disguised as the... Acrobats. Like the, the Balari brothers or something. It's the, it's the, it's the Bow Belly Bros <laughs> magic, might, and mystery show. This would be us. It is. It's yeah. me, you, and Grant All trying right. to sneak in like, this. <laughs> I'll dazzle them with the song or two, and then you and Grant come out and do tumbles. It's, it's the classic, <laughs> how are we gonna get in there? Oh, oh I got I an idea. <laughs> Leave it to me. 
<laughs> and um, everyone's thoroughly entertained by this. In this circus tent in this dirty parking lot where M. Bison is hosting I mean, a party. damn, that's what we're made for. <laughs> and uh, this is the first time where, uh, you know, Sagat's like, okay, what kind of payment am I looking at to, to give you my services? Bison bucks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Bison insists that he, you know, this new Bison bucks will become the new currency. I don't, I don't know about the Bison bucks. I don't know how that's going to hold up. He claims that it will be worth at least five British pounds per Bison buck. I think your one Bison buck in this Blu-ray is worth more than most of the bison bucks in this film. No, I would say so, because yeah. he never gets the, the you know, yeah. the conversion over. No. Um, but, you know, he's like, oh, once once I threaten the Brits, <laughs> it'll be worth five British pounds. Uh-huh. Um, and this is when Sagat calls bison a lunatic for the first time, which is bison's, like, berserk button. He doesn't like it. I'm not crazy. And the two, the Sagat crew and the bison crew have a, you know, guns drawn standoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, uh, Chun-Li and the goobs have fled elsewhere. And then they lure Ken over there. Chun-Li is yeah. like, <laughs> Well, to be, yeah, like, Chun-Li just has to look at Ken, and Ken's yeah. like, I'm gonna oh, follow her back yeah. to her mm-hmm. tent. Yeah. Uh, and that's What when... does he say? You got an extra mask in there, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> oh, I heard that. And then she but... knocks him out. I was like, this is fun! It is. What? I'm having and I think Ryu also uh, you know follows them over there and then that's when we kind of get the backstory that Balrog and Panda <laughs> Balrog. Balrog like he is in the game is a famous flame of Aldoon. is a flame <laughs> Cory Balrog also <laughs> Uh, is a famous boy was a famous boxer mm-hmm. and E Honda was a famous Hawaiian sumo wrestler yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but they were both embarrassed and disgraced by something that the Bison organization did. So their fights were fixed or something, and they were cast out of the fighting world because of something that Bison did. So they want revenge alongside Chun-Li. So back at the main Bellini Bros tent, (laughs) uh, you know, Ryu and Ken are back with the guns drawn and everything, and a, a Chun-Li broadcaster, it's coming from the magic well, box. Well, no, don't they explain themselves to the troop first? Like, Ken, uh, yeah. Ryu gets captured too, and then they're like, oh, we're all on the same side here. Yeah, they, they have that but scene. they send them back in, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryu to, and Ken are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. are still there. Yeah. Um, but uh, they open the box, and there's a little TV with <laughs> Chun-Li on it. With a live broadcast from the same location. I said, I don't know if the technology would exist in this form during 1994. Uh, probably not, but yeah. uh, her, Honda, and Balrog have loaded a truck full of dynamite. <laughs> Labeled, labeled dynamite. In, in, like, on the live broadcast, they are sending it towards the tent that everyone is currently in. Oh, Julia, Uh, everyone, get to safety. (laughs) We get Zangief saying, change the channel, which is an iconic line. That's fun, yeah. Um, and then, uh, the tent explodes... We get some 80-yard lines of M. Bison saying like, to get search them. the premises. Yeah, get them. And then they're immediately captured. Yeah, there's like a scene missing. I, <laughs> so, and Dan didn't notice. I was like, hold on, why are they all captured? Like, that seems like a perfect yeah. plan. They blew them all up and then they ran away. And I didn't realize that, but we just, we get like a bunch of, like, shots of, like, a a satellite tracking around the area of mm-hmm. Shadaloo, and then the next scene, they've all been captured yeah, and are being brought into base. the base. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They're all captured. They're all going to be, you know... We uh, get um, uh, John claude Van Damme going, saying, um, we can only attack by sea. 
<laughs> yes, it needs to be... <laughs> Land is too expensive. I mean, sky is too expensive. It needs to be an amphibious assault, um, and General Bad Dub is like, that's crazy, and Guile's like, well, Bison is making me crazy, and and that's that. Making um, me crazy, according to DJ. <laughs> but the heroes are split up. Honda and Balrog are sent to be tortured for information. Mm. Uh, Zangief really likes Ryu and Ken, so he recruits them and brings them to the gym. Uh, to, to give them new outfits. Yeah. Um, and then Chun-Li is brought to M. Bison's <laughs> personal quarters. Because M. Bison totally is straight, you know? Definitely. A hundred percent. So first off, uh, in the torture room, Honda's getting whacked. And some of us are into that, I mean. But it's not hurting him. Yeah, well, he's not showing. He's concealing, not feeling, Dan. He's concealing, not feeling. <laughs> he's pulling an Elsa. Um, but, you know, Balrog is also able to, like, take a punch. And then I think the guard just leaves. <laughs> he, get, he gets pissed. He's like, oh, my torture's not working. Uh, and they very easily escape. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ryu and Ken get outfits that are closer to their iconic outfits. Yeah, they're training next to the incinerator, as you pointed out. Yeah, he which throws... I didn't know it would be a mystery Malk's Katul for later. It does. But it, it, but it was. We commented yeah. on it, and yeah. it does end up coming yeah. back. There's an incinerator. Did you remember that, or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there's an incinerator in the gym that we we talked about. Yeah. Um, because Zangief throws Ryu and Ken's '80s clothes into it yeah. when he gives them their geese. Yeah. What a fun friend. Everyone wants Zangief. Oh, Zangief just wants bro. He, yeah, wants, he wants a community. I even That's wrote it all down. He, wants. he just yeah. wants friends. He clearly wants to, like the best character chill. always. We love Zangief with a hoya. <laughs> um. So meanwhile, back at the AN base. <laughs> Uh, Guile's operation is being shut down by the stuffed shirts at the AN. Yeah, who, with this character actor who we did not look up. Yeah, he's, he's definitely been in everything we've seen. In a ton of stuff playing a very like similar He feels like he's been character. in an Indiana Jones, he's been in a, a fucking mummy yeah. adjacent thing as like a British snob. He shows up as an AN... He might have been in Australia for all we know. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he shows up as an AN beer... I think he was in, uh, one of the Ace Ventura movies too. Oh... But he shows up. Uh, the 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 He's bureaucrats like, You're being audited. Yeah, like the the no. It's it's the bureaucrats <laughs> have decided. Uh, you got to give us like you got to go to M Bison to negotiate like five more hours as the member states of the AN gather the cash needed to pay the ransom. And Guile is not happy about that. He yeah. he wants to do it the action way. Yeah. And he he's like, his wrists are tied and he's like, oh, you know, the war's been canceled. And he has this impassioned speech then. Yeah, right? he, he gives his famous... His brave heart, brave shark. We can all go home speech, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, because to his gang of very bored and out of shape looking dumpy i would soldiers say. Like, like us as soldiers like, i wouldn't see that like no offense to but they found like any extras they could and I they mean, put the little I suits would, i would love if me and you had a scene where we look at each other and we're like mm-hmm. <laughs> we'd probably be like guards in the villain base or something i would but... love that too we would be the three smoking like i said the yeah. granddad and Jonathan, an elephant <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so he gives his famous speech. It's like, oh, we can all go home, but like, no one wants to go home, Dad. No, no, no. It's it's better than that. It's it's like we we can all you know take a flight home, but freedom, <laughs> truth, and justice cannot are not carry on luggage. So uh-huh. they they'll have to be left behind 
if we don't do this, and then everyone's inspired, and they're like, let's go fight. Let's go, and, like, the, the corporate bureaucrats, like, distraught, this woman is losing her shoes yeah. on the side. She was directed to, to act. To just act, and that would be, like, the me roll. Like, I've got one shoe, I've got two, what's going on? Chaos. And then, um, Guile gets on his boat. Which is, this is important, it's yeah. a, it's an experimental stealth boat. Yeah. Uh, and then says, yeah. I'm going to bite M. Assen's, M. M. Bison's, Bison's ass so bad. And I said, that's the best line in the he, film. He's going to bite M. Bison's, Bison's ass, ass so, so bad. bad that the next M. Bison is going to feel I, it. So that was the... That was it. That was the, the line that made the movie for me. So they're heading out, uh, you know, amphibiously to take <laughs> on, uh, you know, Bison's forces. Uh, so Chun Li is uh, is has been dressed yeah, in a in, like a really vague Miss Saigon warped parody. It's she, like I didn't like this. She's dressed in like a Bison branded version of it's her, like a like, Quipo, yeah, like, that we've seen in um in the mood for love. Yeah, like and, what her, like her game character wears, but it's in Bison red, branded. and I didn't like. And like, it's a little bit like trashier because yeah, Bison's like. I don't like keeping her as a slave. So they could have corrected the colors on like some of this to make it feel a little more video gamey. They could have, but I understand where you're coming from. It's like, oh, he has a whole red motif, and so. they already gave blue to the AN, which they shouldn't have because green should be their color. Because Cami and Guile were green, not in, but in this one they were blue. Uh, Fine. Cammy does get camouflage pants to justify her name, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. And Tomahawk gets the headband. But what is Blue gonna camouflage with in the jungle? <laughs> in the broad day, nothing. Uh, but mm. that's what that's what the real UN trademark would do. So. Yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, we get this this scene where like he's going around his M Bison room, making cocktails, drink, sleeping on his M Bison bed with his M Bison robe. He's putting on something more comfortable. Yeah, which I was like, oh, I hope we don't see Raul Julia's like cancer-ridden body in the scene. But he but... changes into like a Hugh Hefner robe. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. And then like he's like, oh, you're a weak woman. Like ever since you came well, to this country. No, no, no. We we can't oh. forget this part. Chun Li explains that the reason that she wants revenge. Oh, her village was attacked. Her, her village was wiped out. But defended. Out. By by, by like the villagers well her from f- M. Bison. Yeah, her father was like a like political idealist who was trying to fight M. Bison mm. and him and the rest of her village were wiped out by him. Yeah. And this is when we get the very famous Raul Julia M. Bison line. It was like for you, the day that I came to your village was the day that your entire life changed, but for me it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Which is a it's an absurdly good villain line for this movie. It's, it's, it, it is... Written by Shakespeare himself. It's classic. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, we get some M. Bison misogyny. Uh, we also forgot the bone chandelier. You, oh, you yeah, were excited Glory's about that. Oh, yeah, bone chandelier. What is this, the chandelier. Phantom of the Opera? He has a bone chandelier and also his very little, uh, like, Long Island iced teas that are mostly all orange peel. I would, you... I would love a drink from the M. Bison bar. I wouldn't love the politics going on, though. Oh, and a John Wayne Gacy painting. Oh, yeah, that yeah. I pointed out. That's clearly a parody <laughs> of a John Wayne Gacy photo just to show how adult his brain is because that's what John Wayne, M. Gacy... Yeah. John Wayne Gacy did yeah. in his his prison time. He sold paintings to famous people. Yeah, and he was a clown, and you know, and that was so crazy. M. I said, M. Bison oh, has a picture. I'm of using him. me mind. 
Um, but M. Bison's doing some misogyny. He's like, you're, yeah. I can tell you're, you've been a, a mild-mannered a reporter. woman, you haven't thrown a punch since you've come to this country. And Chun-Li was like, that was my whole plan. And then she does Chun-Li power. Which is cool. She, I was like, oh, great action. She's kicking his ass. She kind of yeah. does a flying crane kick, yeah, sort of. She literally kicks his ass, Dan. Yeah. Like, if she could have wound this up real quick if those losers didn't interrupt her. Yeah. She yeah. only gets distracted because... Everyone comes in and is like, no! Yeah, Honda, Balrog, Ken and Ryu <laughs> the, show the up. The goobers. They show up and they distract because her. Because Ken and Ryu have freed Balrog and what? Yeah, the previous they're scene, like, friends now. They were strangled and they're like, "What are you? who are you working for? And they're like, we're working together. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the, like, when all the goobs arrive on the scene, M. Bison goes into his, like, Dune, you know, yeah. Duke chamber where he's like sealed behind a the glass case <laughs> the anti-gas room while the room is filled up with poison gas yes sleeping yes, gas um not poison that would kill them too easily so all of the heroes have been captured and are now like handcuffed to a railing in bison's yeah, main stand chamber. all day my god uh, what but, is this my job but luckily <laughs> uh you know uh guile and cammy and t-hawk are approaching oh, yeah, they're, on, they're on their way <laughs> they're on their way through reused footage of this boat um, uh, while 80s music blares as they head down the river. And meanwhile, I, I hope you notice that, yeah. you know, uh, Blanca, he's being transformed. He's green now. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's green. It doesn't look good. It does not look effective. I said Tilda Swinton could play this. Yes. She in a more effective Blanca. way. But then, uh, what's his name? Dr. Dalsim. Dalsim is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change things up. So, they're in the lab. Yeah. Most of the resources are now being directed to big stupid broadcast thing that's happening in the main chamber. So, the only guy left with Dulcim is Mario Guard, who you was a, fa- oh, a favorite of what yours. what a character Mario Guard is. He, he looks, comes in with his overalls. He's like, stop a dat. He's got a big mustache. He looks like a Russian axe thrower. I he love was him. Just, uh, this is a great character, but Mario Guard. While he is distracted reading a magazine, uh, Dulcim... <laughs> well, no, he like unfolds a pinup at one point. Yeah. And I said, this is great he's, character acting that's going on here. He's reading a skin here. mag. Yeah. It went to the Uta Hagen school. <laughs> and and Dulcim... Goes over to the computer and... You wouldn't know Uta Hagen from Hagen das would you, Dad? I wouldn't. I was, gonna, I was just going to say... <laughs> there we go. I was going to... I got I my zinging, so I'm good. But, uh... <laughs> That's funny! <laughs> well, okay, I'm sure... I never will mind. take your word That's for it. That's witty. I will but, take okay, your... I don't know mind. what... Uh, but, I tried. But, uh, he... You know, Dalsim sees that, uh... B- Blanca's evil loading bar is at, like, 57%. Yeah. So he hacks it and reverses it... <laughs> To be good. Yeah. And showing like Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, he shows an the MLK wedding of Princess speech. Diana. The wedding of Princess Diana. What would we show, Dad? A child frolicking. Yeah. Uh and then like an interracial marriage yeah. or something. And yeah. then uh other people's wedding footage. Uh John, I think there's a JFK speech in there, too. There might be. I don't, I don't know what I would like, show to, to change humanity back to good again. The One Piece opening. No, that, well, that would be you, Dan. I don't know. I guess Golden Girls, we Princess said. Peach's tea scene on loop from Smash Bros. Yeah. Brawl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the Banjo-Kazooie reveal trailer, yeah. I guess. Um, but that starts loading goodness into <laughs> Blanca's brain. And it overloads the badness, a la Lilo and Stitch. And, uh, you know, Blanca finally emerges, 
Uh, oh, okay, no, no, no. But first, oh, I, I, I apologize. I skipped a few things there. Mm, so, you? invisible boat is approaching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and notably on the security camera, we can see the wake of a boat, but it's mm. invisible. It's the yeah. invisible boat mobile. Yeah. So then M. Bison's like, scrub the, <laughs> the visuals. Shoot and, them! And give me radar. Yeah. And through that, he's able to hack off the invisibility part of the invisible boat <sighs> and using the landmines that are in the river bison whips out his capcom arcade machine control it's panel it's the exact controller and it sent me i was and like dad you did not see he's playing a little minesweeper he's he's setting them off there's a very similar scene to this in batman forever except they use the battleship setup but that's neither here nor there <laughs> um and the final Big mine explosion seemingly kills Guile, Cammy, and T Hawk again. If I put down my villain line, would be what's yours is mines. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my favorite Microsoft computer game, Mines. Or I would say mine, funny Valentine. Yes. <laughs> Dead's dead. You're the best thing that's ever been mine, mm. Taylor Swift. And then mm, set it off. I wouldn't count that as a reference. Um, unfortunately, but Beyonce uh, coming to theaters soon. But. <laughs> The line that M. Bison goes with is game over. Yeah. And and I guess the heroes are despondent because, man, they barely met. Exploded. Died. Yeah. Um, but back in the lab, uh, Dalsim fights the Mario Kart. <laughs> and he's losing. Yeah. Gets uh, uh, chemicals poured upon yeah, him. He, yeah. I guess to justify Dalsim someday getting psychic powers, he falls and hits his head on the electric... Mutagen pumping device and it spills. My mutagens, no! And it spills some on him because he's bold in a later scene, so yeah. presumably he's getting powers. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Mutagens. Um, yes. but uh, Blanca emerges, but he's good, and he kills Mario Kart by like lifting him up and breaking his spine or I mean, something. A rifle way to Mario Kart to die. Um, and then to our relief. Guile, Cammy, and Thunderhawk yeah. are uh, alive. Who's revealed to be Thunderhawk in this scene? He's finally yeah, it's like I, T Hawk. Go. Yeah. Uh, they arrive on land and they start shooting the guards who were chilling outside these ancient ruins yeah. of the hideout. And we realize that the entire M Bison operation is run on Windows ninety eight. It is during this scene. A very like, oh. bad like it's like, eight right. icons. Yeah, you you tap like, the one and it's like this is the power room. Good. This is the video. This is cafeteria mm -hmm. and then. Uh, but we see, to, to really build the tension, that the hostages yeah. oh, are, are yeah. in a bad state. Oh, this would be a Jonathan roll to a T. A sad hostage. Sad I would, hostage. I would love to play that. They're sweaty. Some Is are, SAG hiring right now? Some are, are wearing giant red crosses, so we knew that They're they were doctors. doctors. Yeah, medics. Um, Medic! <laughs> but they don't have much time. Uh... And at this point, we also got, like... Because M. Bison's watching the news. Mm -hmm. He's watching GNT. And then we only... I only wrote this down because the, the newsman... It's just a random, like... Well, at this point, the international community is, is negotiating with is, please, is M. Please Bison. Please stop M. Bison. Like, we beg M. Bison to have some humanity. This is Sanderman Oker signing Also, the fuck? Also, if you feel that bad, just give him his $20 billion. Like, yeah. the world well, can accrue that? That's what they wanted to do, but yeah. presumably, as Guile knows, M. Bison's not going to stop at that 20 bill. Mm -hmm. He's going to keep going. All right. Uh, you know, not all the tea in China is enough to satiate M. Bison. He's mm. He's... 
his genetic super soldier food court program is going to happen no matter what. Really paying off. Uh, So then uh, Bison raises up the chamber (laughs) containing the hostages. The hostages. And we assume that the plan was to have Blanca eat these people. (laughs) Eat them. In view of the world. Yeah, to the The, world to be like, oh, I created a super soldier. uh, But But, uh, Dasalim and... Dalsim, unbeknownst to them, in a previous scene, Guile had arrived underground, and he's like, Charlie, you're green, my friend. (laughs) Charlie, you're green. You're turning green, Charlie. That's what Cammy would have said. Charlie, you're green. Green. But, uh, you know, they're like, Dalsim is like, no, don't shoot. He can be good boy. Don't shoot her. He can be a good boy as much as he can be a bad boy, as all people can be. Course, sure. I loaded him with equal parts, parts evil good and, and bad. Yeah, <laughs> good. Interesting. Um, but instead, Guile goes into the tube that's being raised up to the next floor, um, and Guile emerges. He delivers a flying kick to something, uh, and you know, so Bison's plan is thrown into chaos. And at this point, Honda, who could have done this in the entire time, breaks the handcuffs mm-hmm. off the handrail mm-hmm. and frees everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but then this is kind of where everyone is going their separate ways to have their main street fights. Uh, so <laughs> At last, an hour and a half in. So the main one that we get is uh, Honda versus Zangief. Honda ties his Hawaiian shirt <laughs> into the sumo belt yeah. and then starts fighting Zangief, yeah, who is also the floor, yeah. in his main outfit. It's a good... I lo- Listen, I love them. That's fine. It's yeah. like the biggest fight we get in the movie. I wish that was our main characters over there, but... Uh, you know, Ryu and Ken are about to escape, uh, but as Cam, because Cammy's blowing her way with a bazooka in through the front door, uh, but Ryu's like, no, I'm going back. And they have, like, a splitting of friendship. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going back for her? And Dan's like, but Ryu and Chun-Li never had a scene together. Well, to rectify that, I'm assuming that what Ryu was talking about was that he found something worth fighting. Not a girl worth fighting for. A girl for. worth fighting for. He, he found, Mulan. like, I'm going to fight for justice. I'm not going to con people anymore. Oh. And Ken, who still wants to be an 80s guy, is like, nah, I'm yeah, I'm in it for the bucks. I'm, I'm gonna go for the mega bucks. <laughs> Yeah. The bison bucks. Bison bucks. Uh, Guile is on a catwalk. Uh, <laughs> He's on the catwalk. And baby. he he challenges M. Bison to hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, and then he kicks his fucking ass. Well, after <laughs> Cammy, yeah. Cammy is there and T-Hawk is there, and Cammy is in tears like, Guile, don't, don't stand, like, don't stay here to fight M. Bison. He's like, I'll be fine. Like, just go I'll on without good. me. Whatever. <laughs> this... I think this whole place is going to explode. We're not sure, yeah. so keep going. Well, the, the casual, calm British voice is like, ten minutes until it yeah. explodes. There's like a sassy British yeah. lady who does like the AI voice. <laughs> like, oh, intruders in the base. Everyone get to your safety spots. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, Giles fighting M. Bison uh, and, and winning, as you said. Uh, there's also a moment where we get like camera footage of Honda and Zangief fighting in yeah. the model of With the Godzilla. Bisonopolis. Yeah. yeah, they steal the Godzilla roar four I times. Said Dan must love that. Uh, so eventually, at one point, Bison gets kicked into his computer console. <laughs> no! and gets electroshocked. Yeah. Uh, but we see on another screen that Bison can be revived by his suit. suit yeah. So the suit performs CPR. CPR injects him with adrenaline. And then 
using the electricity that he just absorbed, he now has electromagnetic is, powers. It's pretty cool. Like, it's, I, yeah. I wish that was there. I mean, I, I know it's stupid. He's talking to Cammy on the whole thing. Yeah. Like, Guile is like, oh, you know, he's dead. What are we going to eat for dinner? It's like, whatever. But And, like, it, it's it's this movie's way of doing Bison's psycho abilities yeah, like yeah. his sigh yeah and dad even asked like right before this like i don't remember him having psychic abilities i was like maybe that'll be for the sequel like the tease that they were offering or whatever yeah but it but, but it, it comes happens, back now yeah. so now m bison my desk can float i can float the same power <laughs> that makes bullet trains float is now in me yeah and he's electromagnetism he's man. flying around on wires yeah. uh punching Z- uh guile guile, guile. <laughs> You know, uh, very quickly. Um, meanwhile, DJ, who pieced out, is... Robbing. Ro- like, robbing the safe that's in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, when Ken also comes in... Uh, DJ and Ken don't interact with each no, other. They leave at separate times. Ken was also looking for stuff to steal. He's like, I might as well Which grab something. Yeah. Um, then, uh, but on one of the security... Because there's always a convenient security camera... <laughs> Ken notices that Ryu is about to be ambushed by Vega and Sagat. And it's like, get out of there, Ryu! My, my friend! Ryu! And, uh, you know, Ryu is... Oh my god, you got me to do it. Yeah. Ryu is down in the gym area with the yeah, incinerator. Tech's in a corner for some odd reason. Yeah, he's it's lost. Like, oh, between lockers. He's looking for people to save, uh, but the, he gets ambushed and he starts fighting uh, Vega. Mm-hmm. And then Ken comes down to his rescue and starts fighting Sagat. Yeah, they're uh, both there. They're fighting um, amidst the gym equipment. Luckily, there's like lots of pads on the floor, so everyone is safe. Um, and then, oh, hold on, DJ said before he leaves... I should have stayed at Microsoft. Should have stayed at Microsoft. I had to mention that. Sorry. Yeah, I guess. I guess that was. I guess he had like a M Bison offered him enough money to leave yeah. that job. Yeah. Um, but uh, at this point, Ryu does a semi sort of Hadoken. He like pushes his hands out, and there's like a spark, and Vega gets thrown backwards. Uh, but he ultimately defeats Vega by superheating his mask and then just kicking his ass. Um, and then Sagat gets, uh, exercise equipment dropped on him by Ken, and is also defeated. Uh, and I think, like, Ken drops a gold statue on his balls or something, and he's like, this is what I owe you. Uh, they start escaping. Uh, DJ and Zangief have, like, an exchange, because Honda... Oh, yeah. Like, Honda stops fighting with Zangief, because he wants to leave with his friends. Uh, so Zangief is like, come on, DJ, all the... The, you know, the bad guys are escaping. They're standing in the way of truth, peace, and justice. Mm-hmm. And DJ's like, no, M. Bison was the bad guy, you idiot, this yeah. whole time. Like, you he was idiot. paying us to be evil. And Zangief is like, you got paid? Another, another I, I loved Zangief, precious cinnamon bun, even though his bad chest hair is glued on. Yes. And I know why they did that, but they could have just gave that man regular chest hair, and we would have all been fine with it. So, but Zangief is yeah. good now. Uh, he helps Ryu and Ken hold the door open while everyone <laughs> hold, else has escaped. Hold the door, hold Dad! Hold the door. Um, but seemingly... Uh, it, okay, so back at, at the main chamber... M. Bison is bragging. He says, like, I'm a god. I'm calling down lightning. <laughs> like, this is, like, you came here to fight a man. You're fighting like a, a god, god instead. <laughs> uh, but Zangief just, like, oh, my God. Guile. Just, yeah, Dan, get your character straight. Come on. Are just, you drunk? Just <laughs> Are you been drinking? Just spin kicks him. <laughs> so I'm just, like, pouring it down my gullet. He just spin kicks him. 
Uh, and then in a reverse shot, M. Bison flies back into the TVs. <laughs> and it's hilarious. And explodes. I would love to go in a movie that way. Um, you kick me into TVs? Like, come on. But the entire Shadow Lou base explodes. The entire gang of street fighters has escaped, but they're worried that Guile is dead. Yeah, and they're they're really forgiving of, like, past transgressions here. They're, they're all like, friends oh, now. Like, you know, yeah, you you helped us. But Cammy is despondent because she thinks that, that Guile is dead. <laughs> hmm. But then Guile immediately emerges. Yeah, like, like, oh, well, yeah. Hey, everyone. And then um, DJ and Sabat. Sagat. Sagat. Sabat. Sabat Shalom, everyone. Is, um, um, Sagat is like... <laughs> They, yeah, I got my DJ, money, but it's only it's yeah bison bucks. It's a box of bison bucks. They can't do anything with it. They're just kind of like amused at the whole thing. Uh, but Guile emerges. Uh, all the Street Fighters are happy. I think Chun Li is going to be recruited into the AN now in terms yeah! of her game character. <laughs> uh, and then as the Shadow Lu base explodes, we get a freeze like a terrible freeze frame. I loved it of the main cast. Uh, I think. Most of them are doing their victory poses because yeah, yeah. Cammy's doing like, like the behind Chun-Li's the back like thing. like in the leap of like I know yeah. that one. So it's they're referencing that, and yeah. then it ends there. Over an eighties ballad takes us away. Snake eater, snake eater <laughs> starts playing. Street fighter, and that that is that. You know, evil has been defeated. Dan, you got me in a good mood again because I loved this movie. I don't think this is a bad movie at all. I, I was, was hoping fun. to. I thought this was a fun time. I liked this. This might be behind uh, Supergirl. Okay, okay. In my my picks when we're ranking them eventually, but I, I, I thought it was a fun time. The characters were great. Um, everyone who was acting there was having a a good time. Yeah, they, at the very aside least. from like the side characters, I was like maybe Ken and Ryu. We didn't need them in this movie. But, yeah, it seemed but like the main people were having great. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say anything bad about this film. No, like, I, I... I loved it. I agree. It, it is it is extremely cheesy, but it is just a fun movie. It's only, like, an hour and 40 yeah, minutes. It's it, not... It didn't linger. You know. Like, it's no House of Gucci where I'm, like, struggling to get through yeah, on it, just it, one drink. You know, and... and Again, we got, like, this new physical media edition on the cover of which no one looks like they do in the movie, but... But it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like a... It's just a very over-the-top 90s action experience mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of, like, a lot of recognizable characters. At the very... By the end of the movie, they all end up being recognizable yes. to who they are. Yes, uh, yes, yes. At least. So I'm not complaining about this either. I did promise you a more lighthearted romp this week. I'm glad I picked the right one. To, yeah. to interrupt the Dark Jonathan arc. Yeah, the Dark Jonathan arc, unfortunately, is continuing. So, it is, yeah. You know, we, we got that going on, but uh, overall, good pick, Dan. I'm mm-hmm. glad you did this for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy yeah. to have you watched it. You treated me for once. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's I'm been glad. so long. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think this ep- and this you know this episode should go up sometime in October. So it's <laughs> eventually it it fits like putting on costumes and having fun. So yeah, yeah. Who would your Street Fighter be, Dan? Well, who could I play uh, who without you... getting canceled? Or... I don't know. I mean, I'd be Cammy. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got the legs for Cammy. I would want to be Zangief. Yeah. But I would probably oh. have to play Guile. Wouldn't we all want to be Zangief? Guile? Yeah. I would want to be, no, I would want to be Zangief. Mm. But I would, you know, they probably wouldn't let me, and yeah. I would have to play American Guy, so. 
Well, I, if they, that they let me, I don't think I'm, I am not. I'm not. <laughs> I would show them. <laughs> I am so no, no, no. I would want to play M Bison. Fuck that. I want right. to play M Bison. There That's, we go. The if truth I had, comes out. If I had my pick of the whole litter, it would be M Bison without yeah, a doubt. That makes sense. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But good movie. Good movie. Good movie without being a good movie podcast. We did I think. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking of good movie podcasts, but first introduce our guests to, uh, you know, where, oh, yeah, where they can find us. Yeah, on social media. So, uh, first off, you can find me at King underscore Dennis on Instagram, Threads, and X if you want to follow <laughs> me. I'm posting artwork when I can. Uh, where can they find you, sir? Uh, you can find me at Drink and Read JK on X. I don't remember the other one. Uh, Drink and Read JK. Uh, Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and the TikTok, I think. Maybe drink and read and JK on Twitter, uh, TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> Usually um, you say on the Twitter, but I, I don't know. No, well, now I have to say X, don't I? Yeah. Don't I? But you can find me at drink and read JK and uh, losing my mind JK on most social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but beside for that, Dan, it's finally my turn. It is. In the sun. The dark Jonathan arc continues, mm-hmm. as I'll mention every episode until it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a good movie on the horizon. We do. It's my pick. And all I'm going to say, Dan, is next time we meet, be it two weeks from now or whenever the audience hears us, it's showtime, folks. Oh, boy. That's all I have to say. That could be any number of things you've referenced over the years. It's showtime. That could be everything you've ever referenced. It could. (laughs) It's showtime, and it's a good movie podcast. So strap in, strap on, strap out. I don't care. (laughs) Hada Hadoken. What? You survived? Anime was not a mistake spin-off series? The Sinister Six? Well, there's always next time. (laughs) As you wait with bated breath, remember to rate, review, subscribe where most Podcasts are easily found, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and more. Remember boils and goos if you enjoyed the hosting by me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, stand-in Cryptkeeper, and the Igor of my eye, Daniel Ryan. Support us on social media. And last, but certainly not least, remember to reach out to us on Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod on Instagram, or follow Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast on Facebook. This way, we can continue to make our anime-based dreams come true, and your nightmares a reality. Until we meet again, remember to constantly ask yourself, is anime a mistake? We know for certain that any film with the Sinister Six misnomer is destined for depravity.